0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome to the January 29th edition of One Nation Radio. My name is Rich Latta. Just me this week. No James. Uh, James had some things going on this weekend. And also um, he ended up with a small gym accident. So send uh, uh, your best wishes to James. Um, Nothing crazy or anything. He did not lose a limb. He did not get decapitated uh, or anything. But um, (laughs) he will be back uh, next week. So best wishes out to James. Um, So lots and lots and lots of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. It is a changing time. Is it it is an exciting time. It is a unsure time for a lot of people because let's just get to it. There is no longer a member of the McMahon family running WWE or even works there. <laughs> no one with the last name McMahon. No one that can go up the family tree and see Jess and uh, Vince Sr. No one, you know, <laughs> just a bunch of cosplayers like Triple H. Um, <laughs> but uh, trying to make some jokes through this stuff, but there' a lot of this stuff this week is really no laughing matter. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to get through this uh, you know, as much as I can. I'm 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 doing this show solo. I got my folks here in the Twitch chat that are gonna uh help help carry me a little bit. Uh I did go to the dentist today, so I'm working off of three fillings being done today. So uh the mouth is kind of sore. Ayo, that's crazy. I'll just say it so you don't have to say it. Um But yeah, man, um Vince McMahon. 78 years old, 79 years old at this point, has resigned from TKO. So all this news kind of broke Friday night as I was out uh, at Battle Rumble uh, in Tampa, where I met lots of people online that I was either familiar with, maybe some people that Um, I was friends with people that I was not fond of. I met them as well. Uh, Big shout-out to my dog Phil Lindsey from Grapsity and Bleacher Report. Kicked it with him most of the night. Um, But, yeah, shout-out to Seahawk. Shout-out to Big Swole. uh, Shout-out to Mega Ran. uh, My boy Gats. But all this news about Vince McMahon started breaking that Slim Jim was pulling the sponsorships, and once I saw that, I knew there was a possibility that Vince McMahon would not be long for this. Uh, when Vince, it was Friday afternoon, um, came to, no, 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 big house checking in with me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I believe it was Friday or Thursday afternoon, Vince McMahon gets a 67-page lawsuit dropped on him by, um. Janelle Grant, and it is on, you know, against Vince McMahon, John Laronitis, WWE as a staff, record label, and crew. When I say 67 pages, this is fresh off of the heels of me reading a um, 35-page lawsuit from Diddy a couple months ago. This was double the size of that. When I tell you this lawsuit was filled with some of the most vile, disgusting things I've ever read and seen stories about that range from flat out rape to flat out just weird stuff. And it's, as you read it, it never like was like, oh, okay, you know, it was like, yeah. It just gets worse and then keeps getting worse and then keeps getting worse. There was n- truly no bottom to it. It was um, interesting how it all unfolded because I was seeing people try to capture what they felt may be things either they could get engagement with or you know, just sharing the details from the lawsuit on Twitter. So uh, if you're someone that just kind of saw it on Twitter, and this was a lot of trigger warning stuff for, for anybody, if you saw it on Twitter – and I guarantee it, everything that you saw on Twitter, it, all of it was worse in the lawsuit. Just in context, reading it through, because it's just so bad. Um, and this is obviously the one of the lawsuits for all these NDAs that are existing. And this one woman, this one brave woman, has kicked in WWE, essentially. Change how it's going to be looked at forever. Vince McMahon is going to get reevaluated not only as a pro wrestling promoter, as a boss, a leader, a man, um, and, you know, into the even stupid things like, yeah, they're going to re vote him and, you know, they're going to hold a, a recall vote for the Wrestling Deserve Hall of Fame. I read this whole lawsuit and was thoroughly disgusted. I was weirded out by a lot of this stuff and I saw everything with the, you know, Vince's various fetishes. And I'm not gonna go in into all the details, not interested in subjecting the audience, the guys listening, the ladies listening. I got a stat this week that said um, you know, that that gave us a stat about our female listenership. Very happy um to to share that the ladies do indeed love O and R. So this was just awful, like flat out. Um, and Brot Lesnar got involved, uh, kind of named in this thing as well. And it was just so graphic by nature uh, and everything. You guys can find all the details. You can it's literally clicks away on the internet if you're that interested in seeing it. But it was so bad it dominated Twitter for, you know, the whole day. They've got Royal Rumble weekend coming up, and at this point, you know, the Rumble is secondary to all this. The Rumble is like, yeah, let's get to this press conference. Let's let's see what was going on there. The previous week, we had the Dwayne Johnson rumors. We had you know just natural Royal Rumble stuff, but all that seemed to be not as important. And why would it be? Um, this this woman was was abused and. Will likely never resume a normal life mentally just off of everything that happened to her. I see some people on Twitter and you know various other forms embarrassing themselves to hurl their bodies in front of WWE, Vince McMahon, Paul LeVec. Didn't see anyone defending John Laronidas, thankfully, or else, you know, it would have been y'all would have been real loyal to the soil. But a lot of people embarrassing themselves. Um, just just flat out sad to see. But the money started switching hands when Slim Jim was like, Yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna pull it out. And then at that point, Vince McMahon is not morally stepping back. Vince McMahon is not looking at it for the, you know, for his own reputation, maybe I should step back. It all comes to when the money moves, you got to move with it. So, you know, we know some of the big WWE sponsors are like Slim Jim, Snickers. um, You've seen Papa John's on there. A lot of big ones, right? But all it takes is one to influence the other. So Vince McMahon is gone. Um, I can't even <laughs> begin to think about you know me. Me and James, we we done the Vince segment, the the pack them up, get him the fuck out of here. I just think he's an awful person that we should all remember as such. This should be in the first paragraph of whatever is written about this guy. And you can take it back forty years when the death of Owen Hart is like no you know it might not even contend for number 1 anymore that's crazy it's it's so it's so crazy to think about him being gone because he's so tied into the identity of WWE people see WWE and Vince McMahon in the in one when you see the word WrestleMania That is a Vince McMahon creation. So when WrestleMania 40 comes in Philadelphia, we're still seeing Vince McMahon's vision. We're still seeing the effects of the way he used the bodies of his wrestlers, how he influenced them to be. Uh, We're seeing how the women over the years were crafted in the Vince McMahon image. And I've seen a lot of people trying to reduce this as just Vince McMahon is gone, everything's solved, whatever. Let's get him out of here and literally just just hopping in front of a bus to defend anybody else. I'm here to tell you, this is an institutional failure. Vince McMahon, this is bigger than Vince McMahon. As crazy as that sounds. They've got to clean out all that stuff. Eerily, Kevin Dunn has already stepped a couple weeks ago. Vince is there. But obviously, you know, people that could be implicated in this thing, that were WWE corporate officer number one, two, three, four. I I don't see the rush to absolve these people. I don't feel like we've seen enough to be like, yeah, we won't ask them any questions. We will just free them and not think about it. This is bigger than Vince McMahon. And I think people have, you know, as far as, like, with the Vince back to the, the images of the wrestlers and, and we're seeing everything in his vision, I think that's going to take, a, you know, some emotions on people that I don't know if they're ready to deal with. Obviously, a year and a half, two years ago, we saw the weird reactions when he was coming out. Stephanie gave him the thank you, Vince chant. People were cheering. It would look crazy. And I even, I don't know, what, 18 months later, I don't know if like perception is, has swung that far uh, much different than then. But I feel like if you are a person with an ounce of decency in you, you can separate the pro wrestling business that you loved, that you were introduced to, that existed largely for the last 40 years and in this guy's vision, you can divorce yourself from that. I would think so. If you're here in this show and you're somebody that's, that's loaded up this show for years and you feel differently, I would be shocked just based on how James and I like have talked about our feelings about Vince McMahon and documenting and not being wide-eyed marks for this guy. We realize, like, yeah, he he was there. He He did the thing. But I said it last year. If pro wrestling in America, like if Vince McMahon never existed, someone else would have done it. And maybe we would have liked wrestling unless you don't like wrestling and you're just here for Vince McMahon. That was one of my central, um, I would say, that was my central points last year that we cannot identify ourselves with Vince McMahon. Like... And by proxy now, it's like, yeah, we've got to look at WWE as a whole. We've got to reevaluate the pushes. We've got to reevaluate <clears throat> everything, like people that were fired, people that um, were able to speak up, people that were not able to speak up, people that are blackballed. This thing could only be ju- just getting started. I saw an interesting post from Nikki Bella today In uh, Brie Bella. They run a dual Twitter account. Where you know they were just kind of, you know they they were sorry about the but the actions and and you know they, they spoke on the actions and stuff like that and saw people trying to jump on the Bella Twins and it's like they could really kick all this shit open if they want. <clears throat> I don't think they're under any um, you know NDAs. Maybe they are. You never know, but they are connected. To not only John Laronitis, who is, you know, their mother's husband, who, during all this stuff, was doing this stuff to, uh, you know, while their mother had brain cancer. So that tells you what kind of ghoul he is. Um, Vince McMahon worked for the man for years. They've been in the the Notorious Divas era. How these people get in the door. How they stay in the door. These are all things that we got to look at. Back to Janelle Grant. This is like the classic play on, you know, someone that's down on their luck, groomed, used, spit up, chewed out or chewed up, spit out. Said it backwards. Sorry. Um, By. People in power. It. It is upsetting to, to think about. And when you read the lawsuit it becomes clear that this is not the only woman. This is a system, it feels like. If this was a movie, this would be something that has been going on for 20 years. While some of the faces change, a few of them stay the same, and they're running the same play and just inserting whatever woman that they could get to until they crack. And then when they crack, they NDA them, usher them out, whatever. And then they slide someone new in there. These we've often talked about fake jobs on One Nation Radio, but it's a completely different context. We talk about fake jobs where people don't want to do business the correct way and they don't want to lay down for people. And speaking of that, there's a whole controversy with that. When we say fake jobs for this one, we are literally talking about fake jobs, jobs that people are getting that they are not qualified for, that they are getting paid for, they're receiving extra benefits, and under the guise of just being essentially sex slaves. Moved across state lines for whatever, uses bargaining chips in the contract negotiations, and Vince McMahon just being a sick, disgusting fuck that I hope rots and burns in hell. On the FOA's draft, 2023, I mentioned my father dying last year. At 65 years old. And I openly pined. For Vince McMahon to die instead. Well I was right. Was it harsh? Yes. It was harsh. Oh well. Maybe if he dies. People will get closure. People will feel like. This guy can't affect them anymore. And I've seen a lot of calls for other people to come forward. A big part of these, this um, lawsuit here is these NDAs are demon. They are they look to be unenforceable. Not only because Vince McMahon is a cheap ass who doesn't believe he has to honor contracts, him not paying the NDA got him exposed in the first place. I believe it is around $15 million of NDAs. Janelle Grant only covers three of it. So we know there's more out there. When those women or whoever wants to come forward, I don't know what they were into. We'll be ready. We'll be here to talk about it. We won't be running from anything. And <clears throat> it'll be just more to throw on Vince McMahon the dirt on his grave. I hate that asshole after reading that. That is just, you know, it's crazy, but um comment section, you know, what what are you guys, you know, thinking about this? I I'm going to just stall for for a minute or two here, um do do a check-in with everyone as you guys are hearing this on the podcast version. Make sure you guys are Checking out the red circle. Make sure you are, um, you know, checking out the Twitter accounts. You know, we, we checking out all the shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We do great work here. Uh, as I get ready for the next topic here. Um, related to that, Paul Levesque, the game, uh, Triple H. Walked in to the press conference to applause, not knowing what was waiting for him on the other side. I assume Paul walked in there thinking he did a good Royal Rumble, which we'll get to in a second. It was not. But he saw what I imagine are a few familiar faces and a few people that maybe he felt like he could trust, maybe he felt like wouldn't. Bring them to the fire, and there were people that were more than happy to oblige them. Steve Fall, Emily May, uh, Diva Incarnate. We can just put the names on it. It's it's on YouTube, so I'm not I'm not talking out of turn here. Um, Evan Mack. There there may have been a couple others, but I saw this press conference after the show and I saw Paul Levesque a guy that he was almost looking for a way out he was like how do I get through this thing with as least amount of damage and information as possible Seahawk asked him what he would what they were doing to minimize and you know to ensure the safety of women in the workplace he said, "I'm." He flat out said, "I'm going to give the most generic answer as possible, everything possible." That's what he said. Um, Cody Rhodes actually handled the question better, but there are also minefields in what Cody was saying as well. So we'll we'll put Cody to the side for now, um, but he definitely did come off better than Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque came off arrogant. He came off um, kind of aloof he flat out said he didn't read it he didn't say he was too horrified to read it he anything like that I guess he was so busy with this Royal Rumble that was just the most by the numbers thing I've ever seen that he went in there and got asked about this stuff and essentially was like do you see this money that we're making do you see this these quote-unquote over 40,000 uh, people in attendance. Do you see the biggest week in WWE history financially with the Netflix deal and Dwayne Johnson? He wanted to focus on the positives. And what a guy, Paul Levesque. Of course he wanted to focus on the positives. He didn't want to focus on the reality. He didn't want to focus on his father-in-law, mysteriously tendering a resignation hours before the event. He doesn't want to think about the mysterious coming and goings of Stephanie McMahon, who he may or may not be married to. I don't know. You know, I don't know what they're doing in that family. There's some dark stuff I feel like that happened between the last 18 months with Triple H, Stephanie Nick Khan, Vince McMahon, no one will ever write a book. So here I am on my podcast in my in-law's house talking into a Zoom recorder, talking to people on Twitch right now, thinking, man, what happened? And and the fact we're never going to know, it's going to leave a lot in the air. I'm going to be somewhat responsible here. But I think that when you start adding up all these timelines, it gets really interesting, nasty. Just, just this, as simple as like Steph knowing all this shit and then bringing him out for the thank you Vince. Essentially, like his his what a victory lap? Do we want to call it that? A victory lap? Sure, the the McMahon victory lap. They bring him out. But back to Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque finds himself in somewhat of a position of leadership. I kind of alluded to last week, and I've been talking about in different group chats, how I would find it fucking hilarious if Triple H was fired by Dwayne Johnson at some point. I don't know, man. Triple H looks implicated in a lot of this stuff. That WWE... Uh, Officer number one, people, you know, have found different old documentaries locating his office on the floor described in the lawsuit. Um, WWE officer number one, knowing exactly who the woman was. Um, Vince McMahon being so loose, sharing any photos, stories uh, with his staff. If he's showing it with tech guys. I can imagine that he's showing his son-in-law. Let's just say that. Forget another executive, which they've clearly established that Vince is down to, to, to share whatever with. Um, it, it's all just a little too convenient for me. Um, and in the press conference, this is a, a chance, I think, for the people that are sitting in that room to take a shot. Take a shot at these people. And people that, not everyone has the same objectives. I realize that. And I want to be almost as as sensitive to that as possible. Because maybe these people went in the room, maybe they were scared. And I know the natural response to that is if you're scared, go to church, right? Or get out and let some, you know, real people you know, do this or whatever. But I think we were fortunate that we did have three great questions come up in that room, especially from John Alba, Seahawk, and Nick Houseman. And I think that getting Hunter on record or Paul, whatever you want to call him, it was so important because it gave – all those those headlines that came out, it made him look kind of crazy, didn't it? When it says, Triple H touts amazing week despite uh, the biggest sexual scandal possibly in the history of the promotion. Um, these are all things that he has to answer for. That's that's on his record now. And I think he thought it was a game. And for, for half of the press conference, it really was. Um I the the reaction to Triple H possibly being in, indicated to from some of the hardest devotees um is is troubling. Unexpected, all at the same time. I went on a rampage this weekend on Twitter. I don't know why um, I did. I was talking to the young boy, Josh Smith, from Keeping and Strong Style, and he told me he thought that I should stop doing that for my own mental health. And, you know, it's just not ultimately productive. But, man, I got to tell you, I have so much fun kicking the cage, rattling these people that need to be shamed, embarrassing them because they're not going to be more quick-witted than me. Not going to win a war words with me when I feel like I'm correct. um, And, you know, I just wanted to talk about people that I, I sent one tweet out and said, man, people sure are ready to run in front of a bus for, for a Triple H. And here they came from as far as the eye can see. You know, they were here to defend Paul Levesque from... <laughs> From these, from anything. And I'm like, one, I think there is a severe, severe reading epidemic that started with the No Left Behind program, and we are still feeling the effects. Much like the Montreal Screwjob, we're still feeling the effects of today. We are feeling the effects of No Child Left Behind. Because, man, I wasn't talking about the game, Vince wwe i was talking about y'all aka them and what they would do to defend this person they don't know they weren't there they clearly didn't read the lawsuit and they clearly don't give a fuck what's going on with you know this woman in this situation triple h has made them feel good about WWE, because Vince McMahon is someone they can reckon with, you know, cutting off, I would say, a little bit. And it's amazing that I think Triple H has done pretty much the bare minimum. I think a lot of last night in the Royal Rumble, and again, we'll get to it in a little bit, it illustrated some of the hesitancy with the booking style. So like, it's not, I I don't even know if it's just that much better than Vince or it's like, yeah, man, we just, we have nothing. So this is, you know, our one tie to an identity. I can't believe that, you know, people, people are going out sad like this. And the crazy thing is I don't know if any of them actually went out sadder than Paul Levesque at that press conference Um, I saw him get up and walk out and there's a there's a picture going around and he's turned sideways has some papers he looks weathered uh, he's aging in a way that is rapid at this point every time you see him it's like god damn Paul like did two years go by it's, it's been two months He's in a stressful position. He's no longer on the board of directors. He is no longer working with any type of family there. He's largely built his own team of guys like Regal are in there. Uh, he's got new production people. He's got Nick Khan, who he seems to, you know, maybe be cool with. Uh, I don't know. But he's got Sean. He's got Road Dogg. You know, you would think this would be a happy moment for him. Like, yo, we're going to show that we are the new WWE. But I'm here to tell everybody, the new work is the old work. The old work is the new work. That this is the same uh, promotion it has been. Michael Hayes is still back there. Several other people are still back there. (laughs) Like... Yes, I'm glad Brew Haven brought that up. It almost was like he sent a picture out with Shawn Michaels um, before, and they just like looked unbothered, and they were like completely no-selling all this stuff. And from there, things just started going downhill between the Rumbles itself, the press conference, people just on their head. It was a weekend like no other for for WWE, who largely has had what I would call positive momentum, at least from, like, you know, the last year, I would say, compared to the 2023 Royal Rumble. I think this year was massively disappointing. And I think this was like. Illustrated. And it, it all came to light. So, like, we'll move from the press conference Um and we are going to <laughs> look at somebody that was not there last year CM Punk my god what are the what are the odds the same injury I don't know if it was the same arm or anything like that but CM Punk likely out 4 to 6 months sure to miss WrestleMania is going to need surgery um, and he's torn his tricep. Uh, Unfortunate to hear um, about that because obviously you don't want to root for injury for anybody, but, man, I got to say that I will say this. We talked about when Cody Rhodes first came back to WWE. Cody Rhodes, if I showed you him – Against Sammy Guevara, and then I showed you him walking into the steel cage against Seth Rollins in June. This would not look like the same human. We know that when people start working that WWE house show schedule, they need either you know uh, they need more resistance, so to say. They need uh, a way to to battle through, you know, to recover quickly. The um, old phrase is the boys need their candy, right? And that's what I think the deal with Cody was, you know, when he tore the pec, that's clearly a steroid injury. And the triceps, steroid injury. Um, I, you know, w- was talking uh, to a friend of mine and it was like, man, like, you know, I, I, I wanted to confirm kind of like, yeah, man, like, is this a steroid injury? Because, like, I, I kind of think so. And I feel like I've heard Dave Melzer talk about it. And um, I think, you know, you know, the deal with it is when you basically um, like, you know, maybe he was on something to where his, you know, he expanded, you know, his muscles essentially. And then he just – he caught a a wrong move, essentially. And this wasn't some, you know, some some crazy move or anything. He literally fell face down for a DDT like God intended. Much like Kendrick Perkins in Game 7 of the NBA Finals in 2010, he jumped up and down like God intended and then tore his ACL. So it's like, sorry, brother. Like, I don't, you know – um. I think, you know, it is kind of ironic that he goes out with the same injury in AEW. Um, the the glee and joy a lot of people took in using CM Punk to stick it to, you know, the people that CM Punk doesn't like and all that. And then CM Punk rolls out here with just the worst luck ever. First match back, hurt, gone. Um, I, I've talked about his durability uh, on this show before. Uh, I've talked about you know whether the the price tag is worth it, uh, the, the trade off. Um, this guy's beat to hell. He's forty five years old. Who knows when he'll be back? At this point, do you hope for SummerSlam? Do you just say yeah, we'll let you go through SummerSlam, whatever, and then you just try it again next year at the Royal Rumble? It's very unfortunate, and you know. I guess I'm sad that I don't get to see CM Punk go to Saudi Arabia. I guess I'm sad that I don't get to see him and Seth Rollins work their way through a three and a quarter, um, WrestleMania main event. I guess I'm sad that, you know, that CM Punk just shows back up, you know, and, and, you you know, can't uphold the straight edge, uh, lifestyle, um, you know, because, I'm sorry the last time I checked I think steroids are drugs so I don't know I I think that whole thing's kind of blown up and you know I've you know for years kind of thought that was kind of a facade uh, a gimmick if you will um but yeah this is you know and I when when people go back to WWE I feel like a pattern is developing like obviously you got to get bigger quote-unquote, and he looked, you know, CM Punk did not look great in the match before before the injury, after the injury. It wasn't, you know, I really wasn't seeing what the arm affected. Um, But him going out, blowing up the WrestleMania plans, is just like, wow, what are they going to do now? Um, You know, and maybe this is... They're obviously going to lose one of their better talkers. Uh, I watched a promo with Cody Rhodes and CM Punk last week and thought it was really good uh, what they did. Uh, they kind of crafted something out of, admittedly, a hokey premise. Like They were talking about OVW. Who could possibly care about Ohio Valley wrestling in 2024? But they made something compelling, I thought. But, man. um, Yeah, man. Like, I saw a lot of people upset about, you know, CM Punk getting joked on from the injuries and all that. Go ask Anthony Davis about it. Go ask Joel Embiid about it. Go ask various NBA players about it. It's part of the game, um, especially when you're someone that is that polarizing of a figure that you're going to have people on opposite sides, very strong emotions uh, on both sides. Um, but, yeah, man, this is this is a – I don't want to say a lesson, but it's like, you know, I don't know if this is a wise investment. 45 years old, they they kept him in bubble wrap as much as they can. Um, they had him work two matches against Don Mysterio, and you saw people just ducking and defending, like, about how he looked in those. Didn't impress in the Royal Rumble. Wasn't really – hasn't really been all that over, I would say. Uh, and also, you know, when he was, you know, head-to-head – um, and, like, you know, with, with Cody at the end in the Royal Rumble, the people chose Cody, clearly. Um, I think Joe Lanza and, and Rich Craig had a great point when they said, the this, this WWE audience is not CM Punk's audience. Like, he's not their wrestler. Like, the new people that have been there since, like, 2022 and forward, like, that's kind of... You know, like when Cody shows back up, he is this fan base now, and for them to choose CM Punk or Cody over CM Punk like that, I think that was like a telling message. Um, I did see on Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre told him he prayed for the injury to come true. I saw that clip immediately, and that was like, I think Drew McIntyre is at the top of his game. Let's just say that. Um. But Punk, that sucks. You know, that sucks for him. And he's got he's got hit that rehab again if he wants to figure out if he still wants to do this. I think he's really got to ask himself that question. And, you know, maybe this is a case where he has to do this. You know, he you know, we've talked about John Moxley being right. Fragile mind, fragile body, uh, all this stuff. And don't underestimate the spite of CM Punk, who, you know, we we, we know what this is. This is a broke, spiteful individual. So he's he's going to have to go through it. But he's also going to have to be real with himself and look in the mirror. Um, you know, whatever uh, Phil, Phil Brooks wants to do, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people waiting for him to get back, to, you know, be healthy again, to get, get one more run at it. But, um, you know, Maybe he realistically never gets the main event Wrestlemania. Oh, well. So, the Royal Rumble this year, 2024. What a mid-dim show. I mentioned earlier in the show that I thought the 2023 Royal Rumble and 2024 Royal Rumble couldn't have been more contrasting And a lot of the booking decisions, reactions, and the overall general vibe of the show just illustrated all the wrong moves that I think were made since uh, WrestleMania last year. Like, Roman Reigns felt less over. Cody felt less over. The Usos felt less over. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn felt less over. Gunther still with that icy belt. Felt like a holding pattern for a lot of this stuff. Everyone, I think, on this roster and the narrative of WWE, not as plugged in week to week. You're not going to get me to watch Monday Night Raw. But I feel like I have a good sense on when times are changing in wrestling. And the time to change and move these character arcs along and give the people something was last April. And what I think you're seeing now is, um, kind of a regression to where it's like, all right, bro. Like, can you like come up with a new way for Roman Reigns to defend the championship? Can you come up with anything besides solo Togo coming out here and hitting somebody with, with the spike? Even in a four way match, it wasn't safe. Nobody even jumped up and and hit him before that. Like, it was like, yeah, man. Like, you know, Cody winning the Royal Rumble again, you know, the him and CM Punk face off I mentioned, they chose Cody. The people did. But all those reactions all match long, it was so by the numbers. It was so fingerprinted by Triple H here. With that mini-match at the end with Punk and Cody, nowhere near as compelling as the match with, you know, the the Cody and Gunther uh, mini-match of last year. Not close whatsoever. This was just like, felt like it was going long for the sake of going long for the sake of, yeah, this is the format. Like, this is what Triple A's likes to do. I thought it was like, you know, there are elements of the gargano Champa stuff with the extended match times uh, on that. And I think, you know, let's 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 start with the women's Royal Rumble here. Man, what a bad match! <laughs> there were there were some you know things in the match where I thought were pretty cool. Obviously, we got to return Naomi. She didn't do much after the return, and you know the initial whatever, and she hung out in the ring forever, bottom rope, you know, uh, shorty and all that. Bailey in the match forever, doing nothing. Sixty five minutes. So they're setting a record almost every year with someone, and it's not like compelling. Like this this goes for both Royal Rumbles. There were not really satisfying story elements to make a Royal Rumble pop. Last year's men's Royal Rumble, I think, was one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. This one was so far from that. Um I think in the Women's Royal Rumble, I think you're flat out dealing with a lot of not good wrestlers. I think Maxine Dupree might be the worst wrestler I've ever seen. Um, they introduce her as the much improved Maxine Dupree. And then she immediately fucks up like three things in a row. Like head scissors and they're just falling all over the place. And it's like, yeah, man, this is a whole Botchamania special edition itself. Um, We got the debut of Jay Cargill in the Women's Royal Rumble. And they were largely retained all of her presentation. Um, she was arguably the most over person in the match. She looked decent. You know, she she looked like Jade that we've always seen. I wonder if AEW knew what they were doing with her. Someone's got to answer me on that. Um, I laughed when I saw Liv Morgan come out at number 30 because I knew she would not win because why would she win it's Liv Morgan Jordan Grace was in um she's from TNA and she's the champion currently and she had a great showing uh, I think she was probably the best worker in the match kind of you know just uh you know spot to spot and you know just driving things forward doing cool things with people her and Ivy Nile um had uh, a little part that was uh, that was nice. Her and obviously this led to her uh, elimination uh, by Bianca Belair. Uh, and that's kind of been like a match I think, you know, people have thought about over the years, Jordan Grace and Bianca Belair. Uh, if it was me, you know, I, I if I'm Impact, I don't think I agree to this unless I set up a mini program with this. My, it would have been my idea to have um, Jordan Grace basically, you know, she can enter the Royal Rumble, whatever, Whoever throws her out, give them an Impact title match. Do it on Raw. Do it in Impact. Whatever. Uh, obviously, it's been it's Bianca Belair that eliminated her, so they're not going to do that. So, <laughs> but um, it would have been cool. Um, it w- it would have been you know nice to see if they did something like that, but that, that's not the way they went with it. Uh, Jordan Grease did not eliminate anybody, uh, of course. And you know when she got eliminated, it, it felt meaningful. Uh, and I think they did it kind of, you know, almost in the best way that WWE is going to do it. They're not going to, you know, if if it was me, I would have fed her like three people, like fetter feeder, like Caden Carter or Casey Catanzaro or whatever her new name is. Um, feeder Natalya, whatever. They don't do those type of things. Um, but let's talk about Bayley. Bayley wins this um, Rumble. And this feels like a lifetime achievement award. This feels like we've never let you get your thing. Becky's main event at WrestleMania, Charlotte's main event at WrestleMania, Sasha main event at WrestleMania. Also, I'm glad, you know, we have not talked about Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. If you could see some of the cope that was on Twitter, and I don't mean Adam, man, she did not come back. It's amazing. Um, This Bailey push here feels like gold. Watch feels like thank you for the years that you've been around and we've not done shit with you while you've gotten older in your career, while your athleticism declined, while you quote unquote carried the industry. A popular sentiment from a couple years ago. Um. I think that Bailey, you know, getting this and they're gonna do- go into her versus EO and <laughs> for for this 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 for James, you know, this is a four horse women versus three daughters of stardom uh match. So <laughs> that'll be <laughs> Not mean for him, but I don't think that's uh you know, I, I don't feel like Bailey's got it in her anymore. She could, you know, surprise us, but you know, I don't see it. Um this looks to be a full reversion of the early stages of yeah, man, uh they're gonna try to turn her baby face and bring back, you know, the Bailey that always should have kind of gotten a run. It just feels so like too little, too late, um, to me. You know, I've I've been out on Bailey for a lot of years. At this point, I think 2019, I gave up. Maybe just like, yeah, bro, it's it, not for me anymore. Um, but you you know, sure places the Booker. He's got a he's he's bringing people that he had success with in the past and trying to give them things um, that Vince McMahon did not give them. Despite their physical limitation, despite anything you know with them what what may have happened to them, like he's trying to rebuild them uh and they've got the unit set up for her to to run through to turn on her and stuff like that, but man, Kyrie looked like a joke in this thing um she <laughs> she got stuck on the outside of the ring. I don't know if this was on purpose or whatever, but then she just immediately fell. Oscar was eliminated kind of like a nothing. And like I said, Bailey, she pulled that 2021 edge. She was holding on to the bottom rope the whole match, and wasn't really all that compelling. Um, and the, like I said, the just just the individual work in this match, just it, much of this was atrocious, and really one of the worst Royal Rumbles I think that the women have done. And I'll say this though, uh, for the for the women um a lot of them came in with distinctive uh presentations i'll say that it's like oh okay like when you when you see the names written and how they come in it's like okay maybe it's not as bad as i thought like star power wise or something like that but you know you just see them and you get to work and it's like oh the the match layout isn't here the compelling usage isn't here. The, the the pairings aren't there. They did have a stare down with Jade and Bianca Belair that I thought was interesting. Uh, but obviously that's interesting to the bell rings. You know, you still got to account for Jade's uh, limitations. And maybe that's Bianca's challenge. They had Jade, I believe, throughout Nia Jax, if I'm not mistaken. They had Nia Jax eliminate several people. Um, so we're still doing Nia Jax in 2024. Like I said, Triple H is... He's loyal to these people. So, like, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get a chance to to do something. Um, but, yeah, let's go to the uh, four-way match uh, for the WWE Universal title. Roman Reigns, LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. Um, how in God's name could they have had a compelling match? Oh, wait. What could have been done to make this compelling at all? One, it's a four-way match. (laughs) We know the belt's not changing. Um, Two, LA Knight already had his title shot and was beaten soundly in Saudi Arabia. Um, So he was just in this match, and he was just hanging out. He was there. I think he might have been better served in the Royal Rumble to to give that thing some energy. AJ Styles, he's back after... um, you know the the injury and inhaling all kinds of PEDs. Uh, I think if you really want to get Triple H uh, going with with a with a curveball swerve question, ask him about the uh, the wellness policy and you know and if anything is changing under the TKO leadership and let's see how he responds to that. I, I think that might actually like if you don't want to ask the uh, the Vince McMahon stuff. I think that would still be a worthwhile question. Um, Randy Orton who some say is, like, pushing, like, 280, 270 pounds, something like that, 275, as big as I've ever seen him. And then, like, you know, this was just – this match just happened. Like, it was hard to pay attention to. It was hard to get into. Um, I don't know what the real – i don't I don't know what they were supposed to accomplish, except yeah, just keep it on reins let's, let's, let's just we're not gonna even waste like we're not gonna do a meaningful uh match. We're just going to mail it in here, put the stamp on it, buy the numbers um that's that's we're we're just extending the reign, running it up um, I saw obviously solo Sokoa come in at the end, uh shout to lyric uh who dubbed him the house of torture of American wrestling. Uh I also called him Solo Togo, uh as well. This shit has gotta stop, man. It's it, like it's done, man. It's over. It's wrap it up. The sh the bar's closing. Like like what what's that that rant that uh, Al Pacino does at the end of Carlitos where the bar's closing. You know, I, I forgot the whole thing. But um it's uh been done, it's tired it's really like like look at look at how quote unquote comp- compelling I didn't find it compelling last year, but the audience did the whole Kevin Owens getting his nineteenth title shot in the same reign. the whole thing they had set up with with the bloodline and Owens and Zane that was absent from this year. Everything's less over this year. If you take nothing away from my Royal Rumble review, everything in WWE is less over this year than it was last year. Because they decided not to move anyone forward. It's like, yeah, man, you passed seventh grade. However, we're going to do seventh grade all over again. Like, we're not going to progress you at all. Like, But you're going to keep getting older. You're going to keep showing up. (laughs) You're going to keep, you know, commuting and growing and all that and and going through puberty you're another year stronger wiser whatever however you've seen everything we've seen it we get it they pin AJ Styles I would have just pinned LA Knight again but whatever AJ's AJ at this point you know he's he's up there um and AJ actually took much of the Japanese off of his um, – I, I think the only piece of Japanese writing he has is on his knee pad at this point. Uh, so that was, I think, something of, of note. Brew Haven brings up, WWE's main event upper mid-carters are pretty old. Yes, they are. And also, the um, the new, the new people breaking through are not there. And that's illustrated in the men's rumble as well. We'll get to it. Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul. I believe Kevin Owens won a tournament to set up this match. Um, Logan Paul's, you know, entertaining. He's a big show guy. Um, I heard Kevin Owens wrestled this match with a broken foot, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so shout out to him for gritting that out. Um, this is a this is I would probably say this is the best match of the night. However, this was not, you know, close to like. I would say three and a half at most on this, and that's with the atrocious finish um of <clears throat> they they finally sh- show Kevin Owen's cocking this guy with the brass knucks. but the referee who does not see the actual shot with with the knucks starts counting one two looks at his at Kevin Owen's hand and disqualifies him like you didn't see anything, so like if we're disqualifying motherfuckers now. For doing things that are not seen. We need to basically start the Roman Reigns title reign over all again. Some of that stuff exposes how stupid some of this stuff is. And this was definitely an example of that. Um Logan Paul, somebody I would want pushed <clears throat> to a higher level than um he is, but he's not gonna commit like that. But you know, this guy's he's awesome. Uh, If he ever did commit, that would be who I would be building WWE around. You know, he's more famous than everybody. He can work good enough, and then he you can surround him with, you know, people and let him do his thing. But the Men's Royal Rumble. Never have I seen. Actually, this had a lot of familiarity to the 2022 Royal Rumble. Because... I remember that one. They were having – they just had just just jokes of guys coming out like, um, what's the guy that dropped Biggie? Ridge Holland. Like all these just generic – Riddick Moss. Like all these people were in there just with these nothing happening themes in there. And I think that was present again. The whole thing about the music coming up and people not knowing it, not reacting. This crowd was underwhelming all night. Dead. And it was just like, yeah, man, um, who's over? Who are the people on the way up? Why am I – Kofi Kingston's in this thing again. Like, he Kofi Kingston is at the point where he doesn't even try to do the Royal Rumble magic stuff anymore. He's like, ah, whatever, I'm in here for 90 seconds and I'm just eliminated. Um, they did this match to start with main event Jey Uso and the no-yeet man. Uh, of Jimmy Uso, his brother. So that's right, the yeet man versus the no-yeet man. Um, <laughs> they've kept these guys apart since, you know, they put them on different shows, I believe. I said it at the time that Jay Uso versus Jimmy Uso would be so uncompelling, it would not be funny. And they're going to do this like for Wrestlemania and people I don't think are going to give a fuck at this point I saw a list that had J Uso as like the number 5 wrestler in the world to look out for in 2024 bro if I would have been on that committee it was an ESPN list so you already know what that is The fifth most compelling wrestler in the world I saw just hug the bottom rope all night, completely, like, stink a a SummerSlam main event out last year, prove that he should never go near the main event. And, you know, this all kind of just, you know, it wasn't really, you know, it's Jimmy and Jay, man. They they've been around forever. Like, I don't I don't want to see them fight. They're brothers. Fuck that. And I think the crowd agreed with me. Anyway, um let's see let's see what what other talking points came out of the men's rumble. Um I didn't really have fun watching this. Um, uh, I think R Truth arguably was the most entertaining thing in either Royal Rumble because they had R Truth come out here and act like he was the number 24 entrant, but he entered the Women's Royal Rumble because, you know, there's two rumbles or whatever, blah, 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 ha, ha, it's funny. Then he came back for the Men's Rumble, and I think R-Truth was the highlight of the Royal Rumble, and it was like, if a comedy spot has, you know, the positive reaction to the Royal Rumble, I don't know, man. Um, Cody Rhodes came in at number 15, Um, like Roman Reigns in 2015 and he ended up winning the match as I mentioned him and Punk they had a far less compelling um, version of the the long mini match we've seen Undertaker and Shawn Michaels Cody and Gunther Chris Jericho and Sheamus um, Shinsuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns um, you know at different times But, yeah, man, Punk didn't look good. He looked washed. uh, And that's, like I said, before the injury. And didn't look great. And I think this guy is who he is. Uh, You know, Big CM is not, you know, 34-year-old Big CM is not walking through that door. Like, uh, I just hate to say it. Um, Cody did feel over, um, but not in a way like last year. Like, last year, I think people were ready for for him to be received on that level. And then now it's just like, okay, we're, we're going back to it again. And it is, you know, I've seen people say, yeah, they're, they're trying to recreate, you know, seeing what his dad did with Ric Flair where he gets fucked at a starcade and he has to come back, you know, the next year and all that. But nah, man, like it's, it does not feel the same. And you will see a lot of Cody Rhodes fans I think that will they will tell you and feel the same they're happy they're 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 you know getting you know the hope they're hopefully getting the opportunity this year you know with you know seeing him quote unquote finish the story everyone's finished the story before Cody um you know, and you see him going into it now, and it seems almost like such a foregone conclusion to where the intrigue isn't there. This is where it's like damn. He should have won last year. It was never more clear to me than at this Royal Rumble because it was like everything stalled because they just said, nah, we're going to hope Dwayne Johnson wrestles. Fuck you, Cody. You're going to work with Brock and a few that could have used the title, could have carried this promotion a little bit, would make a lot more sense with the belt, you're going to do all that, and then you're going to do nothing in the fall compelling at all. You're going to have pay-per-view matches with, like, Damian Priest and Dom Mysterio. You're going to be essentially a non-factor in a War Games match, which is, like, insane to think about because we all thought Cody was going to kill himself the minute he got into War Games. He hasn't played out like that. He's he's done all the – you know, he's done everything they've asked. You know, he's he's been a good soldier. Um. But man, I would be I would be remiss if I would say, yeah, man, I was I was fired up to see Cody win. It just didn't it felt like, you know, Sami Zayn came in at number 30 and we were like, "Oh, the Rock's not coming out because that was another big thing. The Rock did not come out." Um and I got my reasons. I, w- I wonder why that is, you know. Did did Rock see the way the winds blowing? Rock very image conscious. The whole thing with Vince, you know, what was there a, 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 a you know a late hour change uh, to where he, you know the the eleventh hour, the twenty third hour change to where Rock pulled back, you know? So is this what we were really gonna get? I don't know. So it it kind of feels funny. Not a lot of su- great surprises in this Royal Rumble. Uh, Legends from the past, anything used like that, but you know, you got J D McDonough in here. You got just guys that are on Monday Night Raw coming into this thing. Austin Theory. Look at that guy. <laughs> Remember when he beat John Cena? LOL. Um, I think that, you know, looking at some of these people, and I, and I want to pull up um, this this list. Uh, and James has a comment. You want to recreate Dusty's greatest hits? Cool, bro. How did that stuff work out for the NWA long term? <laughs> I can't wait till Cody just jams a spike in his eye to get fired. <laughs> Um, but let me, um, let me pull up this, uh, this Royal Rumble, uh, list. Cause I, there, there's some, there's some other things that I wanted to point out that are slipping my mind a tad bit as I host this show, uh, solo, uh, this week, uh, hope everybody is doing good where they are at. I got three. Uh, fillings done today and it wasn't that bad at all actually it was just like i think what bothers me uh, more than anything is like feeling like uh like your lips are swollen afterwards but they're not it's like it's like the anesthetic still kind of um doing its job uh there so yeah um as i pull up cage match here bear with me get your merch get your merch Download FOH, do all that fun stuff. Okay. When I saw Pat McAfee jump in and touch no one and (laughs) eliminate himself, I was like, did he take Brock Lesnar's spot? Turns out that was not the case, but it was kind of related to it. So Braun Breaker, who had a decent showing, essentially received Brock Lesnar's booking. And Brock Lesnar was pulled, strangely, from this show. You know, he wasn't an advertiser or anything, but people knew he was coming back. So what happened was Braun got that spot, and he got to eliminate a bunch of people, run through him, got throughout Jim so throughout Finn Balor. Um, And I think <laughs> the whole deal with uh, McAfee, back to him, was he came and was staring down Omos and Braun Breaker and decided, much like the theme song of AJ Styles, I don't want none. Um, and eliminates itself. He pulls the 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 um you know Red's dad from Friday. No, I don't I don't want any. Um and I think, you know, that it was pretty clear that was supposed to be Brock Lesnar. So these are questions, I think, that could be asked one day. Um, As I go through this list, I see a lot of, like, weird entries. Like, what are we doing with Carlito here? Why? Karen Cross, they gave him a unit. They're still trying to invest in him. At this stage, I don't know why. It's that Triple H thing. Finn Balor, 42 years old at this point. Um, I, I heard there may be contract talks around him. I don't know. Uh, Carmelo Hayes was in he, he did okay Bronson Reed eliminated Andrade let's talk about Andrade Andrade comes out at number four has a big mask on so you know I there's a small part of me that thinks like people like had no idea it was him because it was like yeah they brought him in at number four and it was like all right and then like Michael Cole has a specific way of, like, announcing people in the Royal Rumble that they have no shot in hell. He just starts running down, like, their accolades and shit as the crowd, like, just gets silent. And you heard this a lot in the Women's Royal Rumble. And once you, like, pay attention to that, you will never be able to unhear it when he did that shit for Andrade. And then I saw, like, how they were using Andrade, and then Andrade, I believe, eliminated nobody. And then he was eliminated by Bronson Reed. And I was like... So this is the same guy that didn't want, allegedly, didn't want to do jobs. All right, man. Some people just love the Fed, but um, <laughs> he got nothing from the crowd, and they didn't book him really to matter either. So I don't know about that one. Shinsuke Nakamura is a shell of himself. Um, the Kofi thing is, man, is it time? Is it time for Kofi Kingston and the New Day by proxy? they got to change something like they are, they are relics. They are um, legendary team, you know, for, for WWE. But yo, if I, you know, if I'm looking at Kofi Kingston right now, it's like, it's Adapter perish at this point. Dolph Ziggler's gone. Like that was the guy that, you know, you were always, it was, it was y'all too, but I'm looking at this roster, you know, I don't know, man. It doesn't feel long for uh, this company. Um, Dom, he eliminated Braun Breaker. He was going to eliminate Brock Lesnar. Lord help us if they, you know, tried to do that match like as a single. I believe they were going to do that at Elimination Chamber to kill time because there was a Brock Lesnar-Gunther match scheduled for WrestleMania. But who knows if we get that. Maybe they're keeping Lesnar off. Hopefully they'll try to bring him back. Uh, you know, maybe they're hoping, excuse me, uh, to bring him back to face him at WrestleMania. But who knows? Maybe that's out the window. Um, we saw Lashley and Cross going at it. We saw the gang wars. Uh, neither Street Profit member in the Royal Rumble. Um, how's that um, that Montez push coming? Does is, is, is that happen anytime soon? Just checking. Um, yeah, but this Royal Rumble, very uncompelling. Not not a lot of thought put in put into all this. You got the Miz going around there, and it's like, come on, man, what are we doing? But the one standout performer, I would say even two. Gunther was pretty good in this too, but he's always pretty good. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre looked like he should be the ace of WWE. Well known as a big fan of Drew McIntyre on this show. You know, before Gunther came along, I think you know myself and James were on the record. Pretty much saying, hey, man, this guy might be the best heavyweight that's ever been in WWE. This guy busts his ass in the pandemic. This guy had great matches during the pandemic. This guy, I think, is actually getting appreciated kind of by the fans because I feel like they think he could walk out the door uh, and go somewhere else. I think that Drew has such charisma, such a presence. Obviously, like, he has the look. Like, he has it all. Like, the body, the the physicality, the wrestling. And I think he's putting together something with this, uh, you know, kind of presentation where he's, you know, just telling how it is that people are getting into. Maybe he benefits from the CM Punk injury. But McIntyre got thrown out by Punk. That led us to Rhodes and Punk at the end, as I mentioned. Rhodes ends up winning. I thought we were headed towards a Bretton Luger over the top rope at the same time, and I was going to just be like, when will it end? When will the tribute stop? But no, it was Cody Rhodes. Um, Man, I have an insane question that came through from James that I am not going to read on the air, but I will talk about in the Discord. That'll be your... That'll be your incentive to join the Social Suplex Podcast Network Discord. Come to the One Nation Radio Channel, and I will answer that question. So, um, <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see in the comments. Um, uh, so yeah, man. Um, let's let I just want to look at one other thing here. Um. Okay, okay, never mind. It's not that bad. So, all in all, 2024 Royal Rumble, my God. No. Um, Try again. This was one of the weaker shows of the Triple H era, I think. It illuminated every mistake that was made after WrestleMania, I think, with this holding pattern, people feeling like way lesser stars. Sami Zayn got put in that number 30 position, and I think people were wanting to rock to come out. His entrance hit, and it was just like this hush came over the building. Ricochet got it even worse. I saw a, a fan video of Ricochets, and man, like, that was like, hey, yo, like. <laughs> um, sorry, brother. Like, it was like, you are not over. You are not anyone that these people give a fuck about. So um, it's. You know, it's, it's interesting to see, like, you know, where they might go. But this roster is – this is not the roster that I think some people think it is. When people are talking about the hot era, the boom period, the all this stuff, that has to do with business because it's not this fucking roster. I can tell you that for now. Like, they need Braun Breaker to hit in a way that, like like a – they need him like a hit of crack right now. Like, it's like, yo – He's 26 years old. He has young energy. He is someone that I think people can get into because, like, Kofi Kingston is still taking up spots. Miz is still taking up spots. Damian Priest has a money in the bank briefcase. Nobody wants him to be a champion. You got the Uso brothers being singles, like, have been around forever. Bobby Lashley, Carrying Cross, Bronson Reed, um and then like CM Punk who they put a bunch of eggs in his basket he gets hurt he's old as hell so like you know i i do you what do you build the rest of this year around after you know wrestlemania cuz i'm looking at this right here this is the this is it this is the all-star game and it and it feels like you know it's Cody Rhodes versus Gunther like that's like the i think the main you know course here Yes, Damian Priest was in the Rumble. Um, he eliminated R-Truth uh, and then was eliminated by Sami Zayn later on. He was in for, I don't know, maybe like 12 minutes. Um, but, you know, he had the Money in the Bank briefcase. So maybe they try to like get him in that mix, but I don't think people see him on that level. Um, but I see this and it's way less compelling than last year. I would dare anybody. Watch these world Romans back-to-back. Or, hell, watch the last 15 minutes. Watch, I believe there's a part last year's Royal Rumble where it's like, watch from when Cody gets in the ring on. And then it's like, yo, I think there's something special going on here. You get this Royal Rumble, that special feeling's gone. It is not the same. Was it a bad night? Maybe. They've got a lot of hot buildings um, set to come uh you know in, into focus as they go they they've got tickets sold and all that but tickets sold ain't a guarantee they have 40 they announced 48,000 right i don't believe that could they have got 40 sure but there was a collision that was on 2000 in the building Bossier City, Louisiana, somewhere i've never heard of and people to, to let, let people on X, formerly known as Twitter, tell it, that building was more rocking than the TROP. Like, you know, I lived in, you know, the, the area, you know, the Tampa Bay area for a lot of years, and, you know, I know something about the TROP being quiet, you know. you know I've seen the Red Sox eliminate the Rays before. You know, I've seen, you know, the Yankees beat on the Rays, you know. I've seen the Phillies beat on the Rays. You know, I've seen the Dodger. Well, actually, no, that was COVID. But um, I've seen the, you know, that building be silent and not full a lot. So it, it was eerily similar for me um, <laughs> seeing that there. But yeah, man, um, yeah, that's gonna wrap up your uh, Royal Rumble review for uh, 2024. One last thing I want to talk about that is not on the <laughs> the Twitch. Sh- Uh, sheet here Uh, I'm going to punt AW to next week uh, because like I said my voice is a little tired, the teeth are hurting but I did want to talk about this one last kind of thing here you know, something similar to wrestling rap beef Megan the Stallion versus Nicki Minaj now transparently I am a Megan Thee Stallion fan. I have been for a few years. I think that she is one of the best rappers out. I think if people can get past being uncomfortable with themselves as men, and I'm speaking to men, and also like for some reason a lot of men have decided ass shaking is not for them. I you know, I'm not here to judge them. Or anything like that, but that that's not how I get down. You know, I happen to enjoy the ass shaking. But um I see her skill set, her talent. I've listened to the music, you know, I've gone through and you know, I've reviewed her albums before. Like I think she's very talented. And then, you know, I think she's, you know, she she's got it going. Like, you know, as far as like being a premiere uh, you know, hip-hop act going forward. Nicki Minaj, she just comes off like an old hater. And I don't say old as in age. You know, I, I, I don't say this to pick on Nicki Minaj for being, you know, 41 years old because I think she should still be able to do her thing. But, bro, the way she's acting towards Megan Thee Stallion and by proxy, her fans, the Barbs, the crazed cult of all crazed cults, makes the Sasha Hive look almost normal. I've never seen a more threatened, a more gotten to, a more meltdown-ish performance than Nicki Minaj on Twitter all weekend. Started, obviously, with the Megan Thee and his song, which... She was rapping on. She was flowing, and she had a bar in there where she was like, "They are not at mad. They are not mad at Megan. They are mad at Megan's Law." You look that up, and boy, it's it's apparent who she's talking about. The his song is not a full "I'll put your name on it" type of song. This is like you know her just doing her thing, but sending shots. You know, sending arrows, as they would say in the '90s or whatever. Megan Thee Stallion did some of the most hip hop shit this week. I think that could ever possibly be done. She drops a song, throwing subs at a bunch of people. Then she calls in the New York radio to talk about it. A couple months ago, we saw that thing that 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 post on Twitter where people were like, "Yo, this was what we we used to like. We liked when the rappers called in the New York radio and they were playing when Cameron was going crazy, when Nas was going crazy on there, Jay Z and you know, various other people uh just calling into the radio back in the day because that that was how you know they had to air their grievances. Megan did all that. Um and Nikki, I think, has watched the way that the winds have blown around Megan, and I think she's courting a certain audience that shows disdain for Megan the Stallion. That shows you know, the, the people that uh, all of a sudden they're the biggest Tory Lanez, uh, fans in the world, I believe James had a, um, had, had something to refer, uh, to Tory Lanez as a kind of singer. He is, I couldn't, I can't remember it. Maybe, maybe if he's in the, uh, comments, he can, um, tell it was like a cover singer or some shit. Like, uh, I I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, they've declared their allegiance the to Tory Lanez, any type of, you know, Megan a Stallion post you see, um, on social media, you know, you see the comment section overrun, Free Tori. Uh, she addressed that also in her at the end of her song. She said, hey man, sign up for J-Pay. You know, do a conjugal visit if you want to holler at him. That's that's how you do those those kind of things. Um, yes, uh, James says Tori Lane is a fucking remix singer. Um, <laughs> so like, um, this, this leads to Nicki Minaj like minutes after Megan's song is out. She's on um you know i g live and she's playing like a uh, unfinished version of what would come out uh later on, and you know there are different like various lines about feet and all that, and you know the good foot get up off the good foot, shoot you in your foot one thing like that i I don't understand about what the megans inside with the foot thing and the shot thing is the people that admonish her and say that she did not get shot. Right? How were they able to listen to this if she was never shot? This song wouldn't make sense at all, right? Then it's like, why are you rapping about feet at all? She was never shot. Why do you like this? There's an inconsistency here. You know, this is something that you know it don't add up on both sides. So, I hear the Megan, or excuse me, the Nikki response this is a straight diss track don't let her um say i didn't say this was a diss track no motherfucker we know what you were doing you're talking about this woman you're saying her name in the song stop playing um she puts out one of the worst diss songs i think i've ever heard in my life and when i say worse and bad i say it from a standpoint of you didn't take this seriously, did you? She's trying a lot of different tactics on this. She's courting the Tory lanes, anti-Megan Thee Stallion, anti-woman audience. She's serving the crazed lunatic barbs. But one thing she's also trying to do, a strategy of hers, is she's taking the tack that Megan Thee Stallion can't rap. And not only Megan Thee Stallion can't rap, it's like this open secret that the world knows. You can say a lot of things about Megan Thee Stallion, I think. Could you talk about some of her subject matter, being limited? Could you talk about, you know, whatever? You can find anything to say about somebody, right? You can rank on somebody. We did that in high school, you know, Like as Lil Flip would say. You can rank on somebody but to say that she can't rap that's like that's not grounded in reality at all so you lose points with me on that you know i'm big on taking facts and then making them hurt that is not a fact at all that is a bad opinion <laughs> that, that Megan Thee Stallion can't rap that's that's insane um i think in Nikki's case here she's claiming she has four other songs ready to go i'm sorry keep them shits delete the files burn the masters we ain't trying to hear that shit um this is you know i imagine megan could fire back from here if she doesn't i think it's pretty clear you know from an objective technical standpoint of, of what the score is here um but i think some of the the behavior that nikki minajic's she proves herself to be one of the most like unlikable people in music and for people to see Nicki Minaj and not understand how that is I find it insane how you could not watch her conduct and how she deals with other women who even look up to her how eventually she turns on them all except like you know ones that she finds are not any kind of threat to her she admonishes Megan Thee Stallion for not being able to rap. But stood next to Ice Spice all of last year. Who I like. I like Ice Spice. Wouldn't call her the most gifted lyricist in the world. She stood next to Ice Spice and rode her wave. She was good enough to rap next to. But Megan Thee Stallion can't rap. We don't believe you. You need more people. Um, but, you know, will I, will I take another, a better effort, a more focused effort? Can I get the Nicki Minajas on Red Ruby to Sleeze? Can I get the Nicki Minajas on Good Form or Chun Lee? I welcome that version because I don't know what the fuck that was that she dropped. It was almost like she was in a, um, it was like she was trying to do this thing to where it's like, yeah, this is easy. Megan Stone is not a walk in the park. And I don't know who needs to um, hear that, like who doesn't know that, like who sees the the ads, who sees the the the, the, the pictures, the the sexual raps, the, um you know, the, the, the pussy talk. You know, you know, she talks about it. Let's just, you know, let's just say it and they get blinded by the fact or or to the fact that this woman is an MC like could it be where she's from like they see her she's from Houston, Texas they don't think she can rap like that this is the woman version of a fucking uh what's that thing called um uh you know when when they do the fusion this is a Southern woman, modern fusion of UGK. That's who she is. James. James says it's a tall brown skinned woman that was a victim of, of abuse versus a woman surrounded by sex offenders. Yes. So, of course, Nikki chose the route to effectively asking a misogynist to carry her for this. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. So many lack of. um you know, with Nicki Minaj, the whole thing is like you are married to a sex offender. You can't change that. No matter what you want to say about making a stallion, that one sticks a little harder. Um, so for me, it's very. Um, I I I found some people on TikTok just breaking this whole thing down that I thought were hilarious, and it really just makes Nicki Minaj kind of look. Like, yeah, man, this is not, this is not it. Like, I don't, I don't understand your, your beef or whatever. But, um, I think at this point, 2024, I think Megan Thee Stallion has more to offer, um, to hip hop. And as you know, coming thinking Nicki Minaj has some good songs, on on her last album, I I checked it out. Um, but she was a full hit dog hollering this weekend. And it was like, this is what happens to people before they disappear out of the public eye, before they get surpassed, before they, you know, they look up and then they, they realize all their surroundings have changed. Like with Nicki Minaj, she's, she's not the person anymore that everyone's checking for like that. Like there's Lotto, there's Doja Cat, there's Megan. And it's like all these people are like people that got to see her blueprint, take it take off the stuff that didn't work, the unlikable stuff, the the making the bad decisions like with the pop music and different stuff like that, remove all of that, the crazy fan base, keep theirs in check, act like a normal person, and what they're doing is like, yo, we're going to take your missteps, take them out, and then we're going to move the game forward. And I think, Nikki should try to hold on as long as she can. But, man, I think this weekend kind of demonstrates that. I don't know if that's that much longer. Because, like, the way Megan Thee Stallion is resonating and the people that are standing with Nicki Minaj, like Jeffree Star, do you want Jeffree Star on your side for anything? I don't, personally. Um, You see the way the wind blows and who's divided up with who is like, yeah, bro the the fly shit not happening over where the barbs are like that. The fly shit is not there no more. The fly shit's with Megan Thee Stallion. You know, the, the fun people are with Megan Thee Stallion. You know, the good times are with Megan Thee Stallion. Like the, um, the good, it, I just think, you know, sexism is a very powerful thing. And you see these, you know, the whole thing with the Bigfoot and, Playing on her trauma that came from Tory Lane's and different stuff like that. And then are the it, it comes down, you know, you start thinking about rules of engagement and rap beefs. You know, the the Bigfoot thing, I feel like it's fair game or whatever. You know, she talked about her mother dying and uh stuff like that. I think that was very disrespectful. And I don't know, man. She could run into Megan the Stallion. That don't seem like that's where you want to take it but um you know people feel differently you know about it but i feel like you know if she, if she looks back on it she'll probably want that one back um and she she's got to live with the fact that she said that to to uh another woman in rap and we talked about it with like draymond green when you're the elder or whatever right and you want to be looked at as some type of leader or some somebody that's you know reverence like I think a big thing with Nicki Minaj is that she thinks like who she is, like she, she's so insecure that she has to start screaming. that I am the queen. I am the queen. And it's just like, she keeps saying this, but the volume that she gets to is lower and lower every time. And it's like, she's trying to scream so hard for her validation to where it's all getting lost in her antics her behavior and then like the cult that she's formed. It's such an echo chamber that she doesn't know the difference at this point. And usually when you are of status, other people will tell you the only people that are telling her she's the queen is the cult that she's cultivated. I think that's a good place to leave it, man. Um, my name is Rich Latta uh, make sure you check out all the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network let's see um, we've got of course ourselves, One Nation Radio Keeping It Strong Style check out Tunnel Talk check out the Trish and Sarah Podcast Imps, WWE Adventure Wrestling Art with Chris Things and you know I'll let y'all, man. Uh, did this one all uh dolo this week? Please let me know how you enjoyed the show. Uh hopefully we'll be welcoming James back um next week. So uh send J- james had a, a gym accident. So um send James your well wishes. Uh he's he's okay. He's not in danger or anything. So uh I'll let him, you know, kind of disclose the story. I'm I'm still kind of fuzzy on it myself. But um, yeah, man, it, it it's been a uh fun time talking to you guys this evening i'm out of town i'll be back home this weekend and we will be back with regular one nation radio uh style presentation with the stream next week uh and you know keep enjoying the youtube channel uh the tweets and uh i'll highlight y'all in the discord so peace